G'day guys, welcome back to episode, Jesus, 104 of the Mind Mate podcast. This is a very special show because I had the pleasure to have a chat with David Elliott, who was Siobhan's breathwork teacher. So when she went over and she studied in uh, just in New Mexico, this is who she who she taught, who she uh, learned breathwork from. And uh, it was an incredible conversation. David is very, you, you could just tell he's operating on another level. And um, I just got this sense when I was talking to him. So I was just, it's, you just get instant friendship sort of thing. You know, we could have spoken for hours and it was really strange. He's like, I would have these, these, these questions that I wanted to ask him and he would start talking and he would he would start answering the questions that I had before I'd actually answered them. So that was quite strange and you're going to have to listen to that um, as, you, as you progress through the show. But uh, to give you a bit of an idea, so Siobhan is, Martha Huff is a, is a breathwork uh, healer and this is kind of what David uh, taught her. So he, he's written books and he calls himself a healer and a teacher. He's done this work for over two decades. And what I really love about him is that he describes himself more as a guide or as a facilitator so that people don't feel like they have to come to him every time they have a problem. It's, uh, to use the cliche, he, he teaches you how to fish so you can go off and do that um, um, uh, for yourself. I think the coolest thing about him as well is that he has a lot of fun like so many people in the healing space, you know, whether it's counseling or psychology or it's breath work or shaman work or whatever it is, you know, meditation, I just feel like they take things too seriously. And at the end of the day, I think the purpose of life is to just have an experience. You know, it doesn't have to be all fun. I mean, it can't be all fun. It's obviously not going to be all anxiety provoking and fearful and everything, but it is just to have an experience. And you get this sense that when you speak to David Elliott, like you're in really good hands because he knows that life is is all about that. It, it sh- you know, there, there should be creative elements to it. You, you know, you, you have every right to be authentic. Um, there's that real sense of fun. There were lots of laughs in the show and, and, and things like that. And really, really strong takeaway points. The very beginning of the show, guys, I totally forgot to press record. So it's like slightly... Just in the beginning, you'll hear, well, there's the, where the podcast actually begins is him speaking about the didgeridoo that's actually behind him because obviously I'm from Australia and uh, he's uh, over there and I think he was in the Joshua Tree or he might have been in California, sorry. Well, yeah, in California. Um, we were speaking about the didgeridoo just behind him and um, I restate on the show, sorry, Tim, that I forgot to press record, but uh, you'll have to give, you have to forgive me for that one. I'm just getting used to the new way that we're doing the show. But uh, as I said, guys, it's such a fun podcast. I'm really excited for you all to listen to it. And uh, yeah, enjoy the show. I love you dearly, my friends. Enjoy. It's not the um, true type, but... It's, it's actually made out of PVC, but they make them great. I have a lady that makes them here. I have, I have some, a, a couple from Australia, the whatever, I forgot, is it a eucalyptus or whatever the main wood is? Yes, yes. Yeah, but those are a little harder to blow with, you know, the wax on the end and they're heavy. But I have uh, several... I have a lot of didgeridoo people around me who make them out of uh, yucca and 
all the different things. And these are kind of the going things these days because they're easier to blow. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's I actually just pressed record um, halfway in between you talking about didgeridoo. So everyone just listening in, um, Dave's got a didgeridoo just behind him. And, um, you know, I'm Australian, but uh, I've never played it before. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one. It's painted with all of my totems, so it's got red tail hawk and a bunch of. I mean, they're the the artist that makes these for me. She does all the little painting, you wow. know, in in detail. Oh yeah, look at that. that one. We made that one in three separate pieces that I could take it apart and travel with it if I wanted to, but it's a special one because it is so long. It, it has a low note to it. But the reason why I started being interested in the Dijadus was the focus, me being able to focus vibration mm. into people's bodies if they had if I could see they had a block and we couldn't get to it through the breath, with through the emotions, whatever, <clears throat> I, I will use sound with whether it's a Dijadu or a gong or other type of instruments to create some vibration through an area. So. Wow. Yeah. See, that's, we may as well just take a deep dive already because that, yeah. that is fascinating to me. That idea that blowing energy or, or vibration can actually release a block in, in someone's like an emotional attachment or could, could you describe that? I mean, the premise I work with from, the beginning is where awareness goes, energy flows. So if we can bring awareness to an area, whether a person has cancer or some just physical block, if they have a lot of, you know, I mean, for lack of a better description, constipation in certain areas, or literally um, they know that they, they have a lot of depression you know, I, I know where a lot of emotion um, stays typically in the bodies of mm. anyone, but then I'm going to intuitively look. And so uh, maybe with the Dijerdu, <clears throat> I don't use them very often, honestly, but it, it, I have many different tools uh, in, in, you know, every case is different. If I need to focus some awareness into an area um, and I'm not, <clears throat> and I'm realizing I can use some assistance, uh, then I'll, I'll reach for the Deja do. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Like if you even just think, I mean, I just recall doing like a meditation and, you know, body awareness stuff and you, you know, it might say something like, Oh, you know, what does it feel like to be your toe or go down to your feet? And you're like, Oh shit, my feet actually feel quite warm today or something. So that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, hey, we're, we're with energy, <clears throat> you know, we're working with the nervous system. Yes, we're working with individual places and areas on the body, but, uh, you know, the, the do each, I mean, I have, I don't know, three in this room, and they all have a different tone to them, and uh, it, again, it's intuitive, but if I know I need, you know, maybe for a, a guy who's a little more dense and not as finely tuned on some level, I may use this one. And then I have other ones that are a little higher pitched. Um, and I'll, 
kind of <clears throat> if I am using them, even if I'm focusing on the pelvis or or stomach, I'll go ahead and blow them, you know, blow it all the way around the body. And um, I mean, people love it. So, you know, um, sometimes if they hear from somebody else, oh, we did that thing with the Didgeridoo, <laughs> and then I don't use it on them, they might be like, oh, why didn't you use it? It's like, okay, I don't, I can't say that there's a formula to what I do, but anyway. Yeah, they're like, well, I'm I'm paying a premium for this, and you, you didn't even whip out the didgeridoo. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I, I, fortunately, people are happy with whatever transpires. But you know, I do have quite a lot of tools, and sound, you know, helps. Is a is like breath, like the breath. Mm. Sound is another tool. Um, you know, same as essential oils. Same as many things that I burn, same as some physical touch. You know, they're all tools. And ultimately, the tools aren't the totality of what we're doing. They're just a part, you know, a piece. Mm. And use whatever you need to help people ultimately and hopefully open up and experience their spirit. So if we can quiet the mind use the breath to raise the vibration, then, you know, I look at the spirit, soul, essence, whatever word you want to use for it, as being generally a higher vibration than what people experience when they're in their head, living from a mental place, which, what you know, which is what we can maybe say is their normal way of being when they're trying to get from A to B to the sea during the day. Um, <clears throat> and so the way I look at, you know, breath work, healing, all of that is that we're working to quiet the mind first and foremost. That's why we're using the breath. And then to help them have an experience with their spirit, which can mean that maybe we raise their vibration, help the spirit come into the body, maybe on some instances be able to get the spirit to merge into the heart and that leaves people with a feeling of coming home being home and and i always say the biggest thing that i can leave people with isn't an interpretation of what just happened it's the experience of what happened and ultimately and maybe it might take them many days weeks or months to kind of correlate or understand what that experience is, but that's the mystery. And to me, that's the magic is I'm not interested in the linear mental explanation. I'm interested in the expansion and I'm fine if it takes a person months or say, you know, um, with Siobhan, you know, I, I can't remember now. It's been over a year yeah. or so since I met her. And for a lot of people. Still going. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, it's it's an ongoing process. So, yeah. I think, I think that's a really good place to, I suppose, begin, you know, the formality of the podcast. I, what, yeah. I, one thing that comes up with a lot of people is this um, idea of awareness and integration. I think one of the things that you said there, which I really loved is so much 
blockage kind of occurs, and this is why I've interpreted it, is like so much of that um, blockage occurs because we try to understand what actually can't be understood. So what would you say to people that have this incredible experience of awareness, but then seem to have trouble integrating that? You mean from like a healing session or just yeah. all the time? Well, well, just from a healing session, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I was working with a guy earlier today and I could tell he's like probably on the spectrum of intelligence, you know, way into genius, well, wow. super high IQ. And what I find with a lot of people you know, the higher the intelligence, oftentimes the higher the sensitivity, mm. you know, and, and I continuously attract, you know, artists, creative people, highly, I call them, you know, empathic, almost like another example I use is for a lot of people that are so sensitive, they're kind of like the canaries in the coal mine, yeah. you know, so sensitive they can barely function in normal life. Um, and so <clears throat> for those people and, and for most people, um, let's just say as a whole, um, you know, when you start to get the knock on the door that your spirit is wanting to express itself, wanting more of your attention, then it's like, well, what do you got to do to slow the mental capacity down, maybe even <clears throat> neutralize the brain a bit? So that's what we're using the breath for. As we increase the oxygen flow and the bloodstream through the lungs, through the breath, it, the oxygen quickly goes to the brain. It... <clears throat> And we're not working to try to create a hyperventilative state. We're just increasing the oxygen enough, similar, more similar to physical exercise. You know, mm -hmm. a runner's high, you know, played basketball. You know, you feel great after you've run up and down the court a bunch and sweated a little bit. So, so with the breath, we're <clears throat> working to stimulate these computer centers, the, the, the hypothalamus gland being the crown chakra, the pineal gland in the brain, uh, you know, being the third eye, but, but, you know, a ductless gland, the, um, um, we have, yeah, the thyroid, the thymus, you know, all these many computer systems in the body chakras and, much of the time they're programmed, you know, they're holding these prior life experiences. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we could say fight or flight, trauma, pain stored in those. So, you know, the world is full of tense people who aren't in the moment because they're either stuck in fear anticipating the future or they're in yes. emotional pain from the past whether it's sadness or anger or whatever it is but they're not fully expanded and present in this moment so first and foremost i would say primary to 
any meditative practice, but the reason why I like breath versus most is we can induce some mental slowdown and, um, you know, by triggering the hypothalamus gland, suddenly what happens is people get, they get this experience happening where they feel their energy, where their brain waves start to slow down and they start to experience themselves in a different way without any drugs. I mean, this is just a little bit of extra oxygen. And, you know, for a lot of people, they'll be like, oh my God, that felt like whatever. Some drug induced state. And I'm like, yeah, you're just doing some breathing. That's it. And you can do that every day. You know, it's something you can do on your own, which ultimately has a lot of health benefits primarily getting you out of, you know, these other places into this current place. And once you bring a person fully into the moment, what happens is there's this offload of all this emotional buildup. I've had many people come to me, more men who say, oh my God, I've never cried in front of somebody my whole life. That's the mm. first time I've ever cried. I mean, I, I don't, you know, for a while, a good while, I was an actor, so I don't put any premium on emotional release. Yeah. But I know most people have this backlog of emotional stuff built up that they're holding in their liver and their lungs and the different organs in the body. So just a very primary benefit is to slow down, get into the moment, start to feel, you know, this vibration. And then, then the spirit takes over, which what what I'm referring to as spirit is, you know, it, it can be parts of your imagination. It can be this this recollection that happens as you're releasing old sadness from childhood or something you've inherited from your lineage for however many hundred of years, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think in Australia, back in the day, there was a lot of, you know, uh, people sent there that weren't supposed to be of the best characteristic, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they probably carried a little baggage with them if they – Apes. were sent over from somewhere so convicts <laughs> yeah, convicts exactly that's kind of what i was getting to yeah <clears throat> and you know it's like if you if you are a sensitive being and and most of us are you're gonna have some connection to your lineage that you you just have it yeah <laughs> and sometimes you start to remember it and sometimes certainly for me i think the third time i did this breathing meditation I remembered something like probably about 25 past lifetimes. Um, Whoa. I mean, it was a, it was a uncharacteristic or a different experience because I had these people take me to a hot springs. They knew what they were doing. I was so new to all this. I didn't know what was happening, but they started just kind of gently floating me, uh, two people, one on each side, and they were just floating me in the water. It took me about 20 minutes to finally relax. <clears throat> and wow. then I, I saw myself 
suddenly as a fetus in my mother's womb. And then it was like this ball of fire left her belly and started going through darkness. And then it would drop. And then there would be this kind of like looking, I never saw me or, or whoever, if I was a person or what, I never saw that. I only would see outward, yes. like almost like in a mask. And I, I saw, <clears throat> I've been to many of the places that I saw that day, like <clears throat> places, a place in Egypt, a place in Jerusalem, a place in the rainforest, uh, many places in this country and around the world. And, uh, I've been, I was, I've been led to those places on journeys, you know, trips and travels. So, um, you know, there's this mystical thing that can happen when we, you know, turn the brain off and start to experience ourselves. you know, from a connection to Mm -hmm. our energy, maybe we get into our heart a lot more, how I always have experienced it is when I'm breathing and I start to feel this vibration, I'll feel myself breathing it in. And when it collects in my heart, there's like this, you know, the big bang kind of happens. And I, it's, it's like suddenly everything starts to weave together. Um, I mean, simultaneously, I've helped a lot of women, you know, over the years who've, wanted to have a child and they haven't been able to through Western medicine or in vitro. I I basically just say, ask them like, do you feel the spirit of a baby around you? And generally they'll be like, Oh yeah, all the time. I feel it. I feel it. Tears starting to move. I say, okay, we we're going to breathe. And when you're breathing, I want you to breathe that spirit into your womb and had a lot of babies pictures come back my way and I've had wow. a few instances where women got home and obviously had some help from <laughs> a partner and uh, got pregnant the same night. So, so, wow. you know, uh, and, and obviously timing contributes to it being the right moment, but, of but yeah, I've seen it all. And to me, the magic it isn't that breath work is the only way because there's many types of spiritual practices out there that do amazing things. I just find that as far as effectiveness and, uh, you know, power, the, excuse me, I had some spicy. <laughs> you do some more breath work, Dave. <laughs> 7.30 here in the evening. So yeah. my wife, fixed up a spicy dinner tonight. Oh, very good. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, yeah, obviously after 30 years of doing this, I believe, yeah. you know, in breath work as being one of the most effective tools, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, after 30 years, whether or not it makes sense to a scientific mind or not, you know, you can't question the results. And, you know, I speak for myself, as well as, um, you know, on behalf of you and and what I've seen with Siobhan's stuff as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have all kinds of science, scientists around us and, uh, you know, medical doctors and, um, you know, scientific thinkers. 
And I always say, hey, you know, I'm, I don't feel like, like it's my job to have to answer all the yeah, science. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of look at science as being a little bit boring, I guess, <laughs> from, you know, just from the linear aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, There's yeah. no way science can measure or put a measurement on spirit, the universal energies. They're, they're not quantifiable, you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's such a, such a young thing, you know, it's what 400 years or something and breath is, I don't know, but it sounds to me like it's been around for thousands of years. I mean, sometimes people ask me, you know, what's this lineage or whatever. And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. The guy mm. that showed up when this all triggered and kicked in for me right at 30 years ago. Now he, I mean, it was, it was, <clears throat> the, I have a gift known as clear audience, which again, for an actor, it can be a little bit disturbing because <laughs> it's went from maybe I was born, you know, with 30% of it open, but yeah. suddenly at a point in time when I moved to LA, it blasted wide open. And I, I would walk into a room, an audition room, and hear all these people's thoughts as if they were audibly talking to me. I would experience my girlfriend's dreams at mm. night as if they were my own. And I could hear her thoughts audibly running no matter what she was saying and whatever else I would hear. So I was like, okay, what is going on? And basically the universe through another best friend connected me to a guy named Tim Heath. And I was told, you know, my friend told me I needed to meet him. He was his healer. And I was like, well, I must need to meet him. Because at that same time, people were grabbing me on the streets of LA and in airplanes and whatever I travel. And they would, I mean, it was bizarre. They would be like telling me I was this healer. Mm. I mean, it was, it was something out of a movie. Um, and of course, I always wanted them to have seen me in some little acting job or whatever, but it was always this thing about a healer. I mean, it, it, when it started, it just took over. And, and so this guy showed up and he's like, Hey, little brother, we meet again. And I go, what? He goes, Oh, I've known you many lifetimes. You're a healer. You're clairaudient. You've done this work many, many times. Um, and, it, and he went on to say that I taught him this meditation. Whoa. 2000 some odd years ago in India. I mean, but by that point I was kind of rolling on the floor laughing and yes, pretty skeptical. And, and he's like, it's okay. You know, just do the healing work. It's going to open all the doors. And I was like, no, no, I'm an actor. I don't, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm interested in a little healing for myself, but I'm not going to do the, this, this work, you know, and he laughed again and just said, well, we'll see. And um, anyway, he said, I'm not your teacher. I'm just a messenger. I, I can't teach you. Your gifts are much more refined than mine. I didn't know what he meant, but I did have curiosity about it. <clears throat> all these people that were coming, grabbing me and stuff, they would all be hanging around. So I would say, hey, he's coming. He lived in Sedona. It's like, he's coming mm. to my house. He started coming there once a month. I'd have 25, 30 people lined up 
for him to work with. <clears throat> and, uh, and I would <clears throat> ultimately kind of be uh, curious enough to be hanging out and he would have me come in the room with him when he'd be working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And then he would just get up and say, Hey, I'll be right back. Keep, get them started breathing or, you know, and, and basically I'd be doing the sessions on people and I didn't even know what I was doing in my mind, but he's like, you know exactly what you're doing. Um, so I, I was kind of initiated by fire in a way. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I'm grateful. He, he was a very gifted clairvoyant. So he had more of a vision thing and my gift being more the clairaudience. Mm. Um, but he helped explain to me what it was. He said, you, you hear the answer to people's questions before they asked you the question. And that was totally happening. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's true. And he goes, um, and it gets really intense around relationships. And I was like, okay, you got me. He's got I'm you. done yeah. resisting, whatever. He goes, you want to experience the, the meditation? And I go, sure. I was paying him a hundred bucks anyway. So I'm like, yeah, I might as well get my money's worth. <laughs> and, uh, Good. And so I did the breathing with him the first time. And it was, it was beyond, I mean, I was like a, it was like a mystical experience to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he planted a seed and just said, Hey, I'm going to be doing a little retreat in Sedona at the end of the month. You're welcome to come. And I was like, Oh yeah, we'll see. And I couldn't get it out of my mind and I went there and that's where they took me to the hot springs. And I always tell people, <clears throat> you know, I it was like I don't know, six or seven people. And I was like thinking I'm getting all this Royal treatment. Well, come to find out I was the only paying person for the retreat. So it wasn't <laughs> like I was really that special. I just basically was the one supporting the, the, uh, the the experience and paying for the food and everything else but but it was really strong and i literally that third time i had done the breathing in sedona it was at the hot springs my vibration energy turned wide open i didn't sleep for the next 10 days i was like just vibrating so yeah. strongly <clears throat> and it was a full moon um in january in sedona so I and another buddy, we just get up with my dog and go hike the red rocks at night. And uh, I thought, well, when the full moon's over, when I leave Sedona, it's going to all return to normal. But 30 years later, all I got to do is I'm different than others. I don't, <clears throat> I don't need to do the breathing. All I do is say energy and it starts you know, amping up like I've done 15 or 20 minutes of breathing. Um, oh. Wow. It's, it's interesting you say you're clairaudient because I actually haven't had to ask you any of the questions. You just keep responding. And it, we like my next question prior to that was, how did you get into this? And you just keep saying, and I didn't even hear that. It's very, it's interesting. So you, I'll just let you take the microphone here, Dave, and you go for it. <laughs> I'll just clap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You clap out. and <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it, Again, I always refer people back, even when I'm teaching. And, um, and when I'm teaching, I just did an online training because I can't do them in person right mm. now. There was like a bunch, way too many people in the class, you know, and meaning that it was even bigger than what I would have had in person. 
Um, and when I teach, everything because of the clear audience starts yeah. to become funny because I'm hearing people's thoughts, even doesn't matter if they're in Australia or New Zealand or England or Germany. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it just becomes quite entertaining. Um, so, so I always say, hey, if, you know, if you guys see me laughing, I'm never laughing at you. I'm laughing because of this, the way this experience is going down for me. Um, and back basically about 25 years ago, when people were really coming, this guy, Tim, he died in a car crash unexpectedly. <clears throat> and all these people I'd been kind of funneling to him all turned around and said, now you have to help us. We know we were really, whatever, looking for you. And so I finally started seeing more people and started to do some groups and my pact with the universe. When I refer to the universe, I'm kind of, speaking to the heavens you know if, if 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 somebody needed to make it about religion i guess i could say to god or or nature to mother earth but i said all right i'll do a group i don't want to do groups but the prerequisite is that i got to be having fun if i'm having fun that's cool and i'm enjoying myself then maybe i'll do groups <clears throat> and so cut to all these years later i've managed to be having fun all yeah. this time so so i'm still doing it you know siobhan can probably tell you that i at least i think some of my jokes and things are, are in these these stories are funny because yeah. um, i you know i i don't I also believe that somebody who's too serious as a teacher is probably mm. the boringest thing ever. Totally. So for me, even in dealing with horrible situations, I, I feel like it's important that we have a certain lightness and, and, you know, take it as we can, but realize that we can really get bogged down if we get too stuck in our trauma mm. and, as long as you're in a human suit, probably you're going to have experienced trauma on some level dealing with something. So, so yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll leave room for you to ask a question. Now. <laughs> no, well, I was just going to say, I just can't believe you. This is probably a testament to your own humility, but you've, you've made a pact with the whole universe. And the only thing you asked for was fun. I would have asked for like a yacht, a billion dollars. I would have asked for like all sorts of things. That's pretty good effort, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the other thing is, I think as you live your life helping other people, I mean, my wife is is more the refined person who has taste and style. and But yes. honestly, there, I, I always say, there's not much material stuff I want and, and really material stuff doesn't make me happy. I, mm. I've I mean, it's, I believe we can do spiritual work. We can be comfortable. We don't have to suffer. We don't have to, uh, you know, abstain that, you know, it's okay to, um, you know, to have comfort, but honestly, um, you know, material stuff doesn't do that much for me, you mm -hmm. know? Um, 
and ultimately I kind of live my life in service to help others and and most of the stuff that I do um, you know maybe even selfishly to the point of trying to be equitable to my relationship we have a two and a half year old daughter that oh, makes wow. sure I have enough time to give attention to everything and everybody but you know teaching and helping others is you know the majority of what I spend my time doing so I think that's such a good point and I think um something that I try to remind myself of is is you know, what would it feel like to have that thing? And then if I could just kind of inject the feeling, I feel like I actually don't need that to, you know, to, to gain that experience. Yeah. I mean, ultimately interpreting what I think you're trying to say mm-hmm. is, um, and, and it's what the second book I wrote is about is called a, it, that book is called healing, but ultimately the premise and the whole basis of it, is about self-love yeah. and, and what my mission has been the last 10, 12 years is to teach people um, the power of learning how to love themselves and if they can love themselves because unfortunately it seems that most humans, uh, you know, as long as again, we're in this human suit, we kind of got to learn what love is by first learning what it's not. And maybe mm-hmm. that's the pain that, that we end up, experiencing about heartbreak and different things, but ultimately teaching Mm -hmm. people how you can, you know, do the breath, recognize that you're doing the work, feeling that energy move through your nervous system, starting to imprint on that as it, as this is what self-love, this is what me doing the work to love myself feels like. Once we can get people um, clear and that they can experience that consistently, it's a game changer. And yes. it, um, I mean, when I see people heal things that Western medicine can't explain and can't describe, it's because people get into this continuous flow of love, which is expanding the moment and therefore <clears throat> whatever the doctors have thought and told people a lot of times that you're, you know, terminal, you're not going to live or you can't have a baby or all these things. The magic happens when people suddenly slow time down, expand it because they're not afraid anymore. They're not stuck in the past, but they're really present. And then if we want to call it miracles, if we want to call it magic, whatever, that's that's where that happens. I don't. Ne- I never make it about me. Yeah. I make it about the person doing the work, the person doing the breath, the person who's opening up to that. But I witness a lot of miracles or magic just because, you know, it's good to get people. <clears throat> uh, a lot of times when they've exhausted a lot of their uh, avenues that they thought were going to help them, and for. 25 years now I've had many people saying you're the end you're the I've heard your name mentioned several times you're my last hope and I'm like well I'm going to do the best I can but ultimately it's going to be up to you yes yeah yeah I think um 
I think that's such a good point as well. And it's just more like a facilitation, I suppose. And like, Hey, like I don't have all the answers, but let me guide you through it to a place of healing, I suppose. Well, I've, I've definitely back when I was writing these books and doing uh, book tours and interviews, I've felt like a balloon and the air leave the balloon when, when people would start an interview and I could immediately tell they hadn't read the books. Maybe they yeah. looked over the press kit. There's a couple of questions, but they would always start with the, you know, wanting the, what's the biggest healing you've done? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't, I mean, I can call myself a healer, but I'm not doing the work. It's I'm teaching people how to do the work and you can just feel like, okay, it's the dramatic big thing that they had in their mind. Suddenly the, the air got let out of it because, you know, I'm never for the sensationalism for me. It's like, Hey, if spiritual work was easy, this earth plane would be a different reality. Yes. Spiritual work is work. So absolutely. It, uh, yeah, it's never, uh, it's never easy. <laughs> that's for sure. And I've got a lot to go. <laughs> hey, Dave, I've, you, you said something before and I really wanted to touch on it. Um, when, when you start to engage in this work and it definitely happened in your experience that, that, uh, sensitivity is a lot more obvious. And I was wondering if you had any kind of tips and tools for people that, are doing this work for breathwork healers and things, how to like manage their en- energy, whether it's like boundary creation, something like that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is, is, I can turn some lights on if it feels like it's getting too dark in my room. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually not too bad. I, the guy, the guy that does the podcasting, he's like a legend and he's really good with all the filters and all that oh, sort of stuff. Okay. But um, only if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can do anything these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I, the way I look at it. So, there's a lot of um, stages, but really, um, so by teaching people how to get out of their head to start to experience themselves as energy starts to put them into a relationship with their spirit, the clearer you are about your energy, knowing what it feels like, knowing how it moves through you, knowing how it's connected to your emotions, knowing how it's connected to your environment, to all that is around you, then the clearer your boundaries become and the more you can read and sense everybody's energy, strangers, people that you're connected to, people that you work with. And typically for me, um, when people want something from me, their energy is coming in, I immediately not only just feel their energy, usually their name comes with their energy. Not, and I'll be like, oh, okay, Tom, what's going on? What do you need? You know, I'll address it, you know, psychically, intuitively, energetically. And if you, I find if you do that, teaching people how to do that isn't super easy. Yes. Most people don't trust their, their awareness that much. But, um, um, it is getting a little dark in here. Here, I'll clean a little more light there. And um, what I find is, um, <clears throat> you know, if you trust it that deeply, you can start to read energy like, you know, like that. Yes. And, and, you know, in this day and age with all the electronic 
tools and everything speeding up and who the heck knows where 5g is going to take the planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, you better be able to, uh, not only calibrate, but offload, um, energy. So I'm like mm. Capricorn sun, Capricorn moon, Taurus ascendant or rising. So I'm very earth grounded, was raised on a farm connected to the land, connected to earth kind of everywhere I go. So for me, <clears throat> staying grounded is a natural part of my existence. Um, but, you know, um, not everybody's like that. So there's a lot of my teaching is teaching people how to form deeper relationships with the earth, how to ground into the earth, how to kind of ground excess energy out of your nervous system mm. down into the earth, you know, um, into mother earth. And so, so there's a lot of, you know, what we're teaching people, the breath is, you know, a primary tool, but it's only one aspect of really the healing work. So. And is that, is like, I'm just interested into how the breath can be so healing. Is it, is it, do you think it's got some to do with the fact that it's the only thing that can move between unconscious and conscious states or what do you think? Well, it's for sure, you know, inspire inspiration, you know, there's, there's all these things, our first breath, when we come in, there's, you know, the breath is, is, um, you know, super powerful. We can only exist for a few minutes without some breath and um you know breath is that i find it's a bridge you know that moves us through all of these realities and dimensions and i think this time right now during this virus situation where a lot of people are leaving the planet there's also so many young baby spirits coming in <laughs> and nature's certainly never been more uh, prominent <clears throat> for at least a long time, probably 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, we have like, you know, hummingbirds all around us, nests, you know, in, in the past, they'd be more up hidden in the trees. They're just everywhere. There's like animals. And then when we're in LA here, but, but anyway, nature mm. being everything is kind of more slowed down, you know, maybe on some level besides the electronic stuff, but vehicle wise and certainly airplanes and things moving, there's, you know, we're probably almost like moved back to the 1960s um, as, as far as even the freeways in Los Angeles. So nature is, is making itself known because um mm. not endangered as much right now so mm. um, i'm finding it really it's this juxtaposition that's quite fascinating the this moment in time that we're in you know i think is is <clears throat> quite exceptional so. yeah 
I was having a conversation with um, the barista, the guy that makes um, our coffee. We're thinking it would be so cool to um, just trickle like psilocybin or acid into like the water systems of like every city in the world. So we could all just go, Doom. oh, that's right. I'm just a speck of dust and <laughs> we'll all sing Kumbaya again. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Well, <clears throat> you know, um, I've definitely done a few different medicines in my time. But as I tell people, I'm like, just do the breath, you know, yeah. it's going to, you know, you don't need to go to the jungle and do ayahuasca. Mm. You don't have to go buy a bag of mushrooms or edibles or whatever. Just, you know, uh, do the breath work. And the, the tangent here is that, cause I have people ask me every week and I'm like, yeah, you can have this big leap with some of these, medicines but the 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 limitation is when you expand really far and fast you don't know how you got there so you don't have all those steps in between so that you can recreate that you'll think i need that medicine again whereas with the breath you're taking each breath and ultimately even if you get super expanded you can um, realize and, and take responsibility. I did all of it myself. You know, I did, I got myself there. I can get myself back and I can recreate something very similar daily. Yeah. I think that is such a brilliant point. Um, I, I resonate so highly with that experience. Um, you know, after having done too many mushrooms when I was young um, and 18 and just having a very traumatic experience. And then the idea now you know, using something that's endogenous, I can control how many, um, you know, rows of the boat, how far along I go down the stream. And um, I think your, your point about taking responsibility. So it's like, you're not just thrown into the river. Now there's a, there's like a, a rope holding you and tying you down to the tree and um, learning how to integrate. I'd say, what am I going to do with that? That came up there now. And I think that is such a brilliant point. Well, you know, honestly, <clears throat> nowadays there's a lot of buzzwords around, you know, trauma and all this stuff and somatic healing. And I mean, I'm like, hey, this is what we, we've been doing this from the beginning. We're helping people get into all that. And a lot of people get extra cautious of, well, what happens if we stir up all that trauma? Yeah. And I'm like, hopefully, you know, and it's like, is, are you better off stirring it up and being a bit uncomfortable as it's releasing and getting it out versus holding it inside? What's it costing you mm. to hold that panic or whatever that trauma can be inside? So, you know, I always look at, hey, whatever, you know, you can probably handle it. You handled it a bit as it went in. Yes, maybe it is still keeping you way out of your body but if we can go ahead and release it out you're going to reclaim and come back into your body and be a whole lot better off for it so yes uh, and 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 in that to me it's like okay yeah i can take responsibility for my healing i can do one breath at a time i don't need an injection i don't need you know a whole lot of stuff to yes. pump me up, let me just use the breath and get to that place. Mm. So, 
And I find mm. that's actually even more empowering, you know, when you can find that you have the tools to do that work yourself and you don't need to go to Costa Rica or something, you know, it's, uh, it's a much more empowering feeling. It's exactly what I believe. And, uh, you know, I've had to talk so many people off the edge or have had these 911 calls from the rainforest. And I'm like, Hey, you should have asked me before you went. And, you know, here's what I would tell you. If you're yeah. done doing your, it's the third night and you'd book five nights, six nights of this, you can tell these people, okay, I'm done. I've had enough. Um, but, um, you know, I always just say, use the breath. I'm going to turn this light on because I don't want your friend to have to do too much, <laughs> too much no. work. That we, want, we want to we want to see that face of yours, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just by the way, I'm um, I'm Australian, and we're just generationally lazy. So when I call you Dave, it's just because I'm being lazy. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. I okay, cool, cool. I'm not Davey. Overly, overly <laughs> awesome. attached. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to know as well because I, I've only kind of heard um, you know, a little bit about the. The, the, the week's course and, you know, a lot about the healing modality. Know a little bit about you and your experience and all that sort of stuff. But to throw a really, you know, off-tangent question there, what, what are things that you do personally just for spare time and just to have fun and balance all the professional stuff? Well, I mean, so again, people ask me, what's your practice? I'm like, well, so I don't approach it like, people that I teach because yeah. I live it. So for me, again, point. I'm vibrating 24 seven. Yeah. Even my wife can't fully understand it. You know, she thinks, Oh, you need to go meditate. And I go, I live, I'm living a meditation. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I learned. No, I you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up on a farm as a boy driving tractors sometimes from seven o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night going down a corn row, uh, you know, or a soybean row in a field. And if you went four inches this way or four inches this way, you're plowing up eight rows of corn or soybeans. And that was never that pleasant of an experience when my dad would come to the field and be like, what are you doing? So you, I had to learn how to <clears throat> kind of really meditate, be in this place where you're, almost hypnotized but staying aware you couldn't tune out you had to mm. stay aware so i'm like I've, I've been meditating my whole life you yes. know um and <clears throat> you know to me it's like everything you know kind of runs like i'm not like this for me it's pretty pretty uh consistent yes there's humor there's play there's fun but I'm not, you know, overly dramatic. If I need to, you know, get a little bit intense about something, I can. Again, I always say, hey, there's an actor in here. I don't have a problem with my anger. I don't have a problem with expressing my sadness. I don't have a problem with these things. But mm. I don't need to go there that much. So, um, point. so you know, my practice is, is consistency and tuning you know like having this ongoing constant uh connection to my energy you know yes yes absolutely i think that's a really good point as well and i think 
that's something that will help people um, come to see whether what they're doing is, is really what they want to do. You know, yeah. I, I'm only, I'm only very new into this world as a counselor, but I get that question myself a lot. And people say, Oh, you know, how do you manage all the energy? It's like, well, I really quite enjoy it. Like I like having these kinds of conversations and, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, if I think about as CrossFit coaches and all that sort of stuff, I was like wrecked after an hour. I was like, mm. I needed shitty food. I needed the movies. I needed, you know, it's like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Buggered. So it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hey, I'll, I, I I'm okay. <clears throat> you know, I always tell people, um, I'm mean, still like watching basketball. I, I still, you know, I, I'm fine. Uh, you know, with my human side, I don't, for me, it's never like, I have to be spiritual. I have Perfect. to, you know, it's like, it's the whole, I, I, it's a whole circle. I, I live in the circle reality of the connection to the sun, the directions the elements, you know, the, the whole relationship of everything working together mm. all the time. So, you know, and in Southern California, you don't have to deal with the seasons. Although I do spend quite a bit of time in New Mexico at high altitude and there we have very uh, intense seasons. So I get my winter in about two weeks during New Year's in New Mexico and then we come back to LA and spend the rest of the winter and, 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 you know, a majority of the year here. But then if I'm teaching a lot in different places, I'll be traveling some. And then of course in the summer and fall spending yes. more time in New Mexico. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey Dave, I wanted to ask a question just in the beginning, we were speaking about, um, you know, breath work and kind of, we alluded to what it really does and it's just a real emotional release. You know, for a lot of people, even that is really hard to understand this idea that we attach emotions, attach ourselves, you know, you know what I'm saying? They attach to experience and all that sort of stuff. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that for some kind of traumatic experience to literally leave a lasting image in the body and then how breath work helps to release that. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, there's a million ways to look at it, but let's just say, um, you know, something traumatic happens when you're young, uh, your dog gets hit by a car, or, you know, your father leaves and you don't see him again or something, or somebody dies in the family. Um, you know, most of the time for a young person, when they have something happen, that's traumatic, the first thing they do is kind of hold their breath, you know, mm -hmm. and if everybody's having some big emotional experience around them, they may just kind of go into shock. And so the more sensitive a person is, oftentimes, and, and the more in shock, the more numb they may be for a time period. Well, what I find with the shock and the numbness is generally the spirit pops out of the body and it may not come back into the body all the way. You know, it may just be up there kind of creating this observation of life. So 
you know, I mean, I've known many, many, many people who literally aren't grounded, aren't present in their body. And so, you know, when I have them breathing, usually I'll talk to them 10 or 15, 20 minutes, get the reason why they want to breathe. If they have addiction problems, if they, whatever the, the, the issues are, I'm looking from the spiritual side of how it's all connected and woven together, oftentimes even from the starting point of some early trauma. And then what I'll do once we get them breathing, I'll, you know, let them breathe a bit and then, you know, deal a little bit with whether it's the clear audience I may also be looking at their body physically and see, okay, they've had these injuries on the right side of their body. This is showing me some dynamics with the masculine side. If that coincides with something of their father left when they were five years old and they had this missing gap, then I'm going to help track it in the breath with the spirit more so. Again, we're going to neutralize the brain get the energy moving and then the emotion is going to flow once I kind of help uh, a person feel safe and Mm -hmm. then help kind of uh, connect the dots a bit. So there may be something that I, you know, have them say some reality about some of the, something they've told me in their story or just something I feel Um, and then I'll, you know, the art form is to not really do too much to really let spirit be holding the agenda and spirit, which, um, you know, the breath can induce enough, um, healing and clearing and release that I don't have to be, you know, muscling it too much. So, so I'm a finesse worker. I'm not gonna overdo too much. I'm gonna the the you know invisible neon sign that I'm holding around people is they're doing all the work. Mm. I'm just the midwife. I'm just witnessing it, but they're doing the work. They get to take responsibility for the healing. They get to feel empowered about what they released, what they experienced, and it doesn't need me in the equation. Therefore, they don't need to be thinking about me. They don't need to be feeling some attachment to me. I'm happy to tell them, man, you did great. Here, here's some meditations you can work with on Spotify. You don't, you know, if they say, when should I see you again? I'll, I'll, I'll never tell them. I'll just be like, oh. Hey, you know, whenever, whenever you figure, if, if there's something else comes up, get a hold of me, but you don't need me. Um, mm. So I'm not building any attachment at all that they need me in their healing equation. As a matter of fact, I'm building detachment yeah. that they don't need me. I don't, I don't want to be in their karmic, loop even their healing uh karma i'm fine that they get uh, and get to claim a hundred percent of it and therefore i'm free 
they're free, um, and they're way more empowered. Whereas if, I mean, I know, I know thousands and thousands of healers and psychics and they, you know, many of them, I have to caution a lot of them. You, you know, the ones that want people to believe they need them, they need to be dependent and they're doing all this work and they're healing, you know, the person it's like, I'm the antithesis. I don't want that. I, I want to be out of the equation. I'll, I'll be like, here, here's these books. Here's some meditations. You do the work. You don't need me. So, so I'm never, ever going to tell a person that they need to see me again. Um, if they do, they do. <clears throat> but that's their decision. It's not mine. There's no marketing in it. I'm not selling packages. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about that. Unfortunately, I'm way busier than I need to be, but none of it is this, you know, coming from a place of me, you know, trying to enlist and gather people. So I think that's a, such a good point. And I keep saying that because you're making a lot of good points. (laughs) um, This, this world of polarity is, you know, the idea is if I say to someone or if you just say someone, you need me, you know, the other side of that is I need you. And it's like, well, hang on, we don't want that. And one thing I've found as well is when we embark upon a healing journey, the other side of that is like, well, we feel that we're broken. And what you're saying, which I think is so awesome and something that we could use more of in the West uh, without creating an attachment <laughs> is this idea that maybe there just needs to be a, a bit of finesse here and there. And then you can go off and, as you say, take the responsibility and live your life. Yeah, you know, again, it's a, I look at it as a fine tuning mm. and, you know, like you're almost there. Here, yes. let's try this, let's sprinkle in this. Here, oh my God, you, you got there, you, you did it, you know. It, it's like, um, you know, my ego doesn't need to be, you know, uh, built up or anything. I, I'm, I always say I'm really comfortable flying under the radar, you know, and, and that, I mean, the world is full of psychic intuitive people who are becoming more intuitive. And as we throw in more of this electronic speed and again, this 5g and, you know, it's like in, in social media and people wanting to, wanting to draw everybody into their life all the time. It's like, I'm the opposite. It's Mm. like, leave me alone. You, you, you might, I might be in LA. I might be in New Mexico. It's better that you don't know exactly where I am just so I can sleep at night. And just so, so, you know, again, there, for me, it's important not to build dependence into uh, any spiritual modality, but Mm. that's just my, my uh, sustainable model, you know, and, and I'd rather much rather be training people to train other people to train other people that they can do breath work and be their own healer, you know? So, you know, this, this reminds me of a quote I read in a, um, a book. It was a, he was a philosopher and he wrote a book about Carl Jung. And in the very end of the book, he said, um, and you probably already know what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'll tell you anyway. Um, 
You've actually done that about six times. I've been counting, but I was about to say before that um, I'm doing your Spotify meditations. And then you said it straight after that. I'm like, I can't get away from this guy. Just so you know, mate, I am going to uh, clean the pool outside and put the bins out. So we, we need to make sure that you know that. <laughs> but um, the quote was, we must see ourselves as vessels of forces that transcend us. And I love that quote so much because you're totally right. We get out of our own way. What needs to be done can be moved through us, you know, and um, it, it almost feels like we're not even there when we're doing it. Where do you want? You want to call it the flow state or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I just love that quote so much. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, what I tell people, some of the imagery I like to work with is that I kind of see myself as like a Johnny Appleseed. I, I, I grow, I love growing vegetables and all kinds of plants and trees and things but but I love spreading seeds and trusting that sustenance and and food will be harvested way just like writing books that it will be providing uh healing after I'm gone and um you know helping support life um so so yes. yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and it's such a it's a much more humble and um, fulfilling way to live because it's just like oh, I can actually relax. You know, I just do my bit. I let the bit to do me. Really, is what I should say. And then that's it. You know. Yeah, and you know, people that are always wanting to grow their practices or you know studying, and I just say if you're having fun, enjoying what you're doing, it'll be magnetic and people will people like to be around other people who are enjoying life and having fun as opposed to rigidity and seriousness and whatever self-importance it's like eh, you know just uh, maybe nothing is ultimately that special but everything is special and you know everybody has people that can hear them and relate to them because of their journey so they don't need me you know you got people that can relate to you you have people that can relate to you you have your team your family your zip code so um so yeah i i'm 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 lucky you know and maybe you know my wife was saying some she met somebody recently. He's like, oh, you're, that's your husband. Oh, he's a pioneer. And I'm like, well, you do something long enough. I guess you could be called a pioneer. Or you're one May you be those. doing it for 25 lifetimes. That's a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we can, yeah. I mean, the, the past lifetime conversations compute to some people, Yes. you know, but maybe... <clears throat> You know, you kind of got to get there to realize, to connect into your spirit and be able to track and kind of almost have a GPS awareness of places you've lived. Yeah. Oh, there's a reason why I love France in the 1700s. And there's a reason why I like Jerusalem or the Middle East and the time of Christ. And there's a reason why I like the rainforest. You know, there. It, and when I go to those places, um, you know, or it's like, oh, 
I know this area. Oh, I know this this little narrow alley. You know, I'm like mm. I've been. I've looked down at my feet and go. I've walked this before, and there's a, there is that again, like the breath. There's that feeling of, ah, wow. You know, I'm home. You know, I've reconnected to a, a part of me that has experiences here, and it it maybe helps bring in a little more uh, knowledge or information or simply relatability to a culture or, you know, a geographic place. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you mentioned before um, about creatives and about, you know, people that do have that um, extra dose of, of empathy or, or sensitivity and people that just, need to paint and write and create they they can't they literally die if they don't do it you know um i was wondering if you had some advice for people that can't like recognize i suppose on a rational level that unfortunately we live in a world where we all need to make money and we need to do all these things for money so we can survive how to balance that with just this unbelievable spiritual need to just have the that you know, creative flow. Yeah. Hey, the universe put me in Hollywood, Los Angeles, believing for many years that, you know, I was supposed to be an actor and, you know, did some work as an actor. But as I like to say, I wanted acting more than it wanted me. And the universe, every time I've tried to leave and go live somewhere else, it's like, no, no, you got to work with these people. So I've gotten to study the creme de la creme of wounded, traumatized, but extremely gifted artists. And I, and I, it's fascinating. I, I, you know, on Spotify, there's one uh, recording that's the creative expression. I mean, I, I know to me, one of the greatest religions on this planet is creative expression. Oh, and I see it do religion. more totally. healing, you know, with people. And I understand, you know, and can see it and, and understand the compartmentalization of people that have been traumatized and wounded and abused so terribly, but then they were able to escape into this imaginative place and mm. therefore have made, you know, a life and career out of using that talent, but also understand that, you know, whether it was a split or, you know, and have to help those people a lot of times when they get away from their creativity and move into some trauma or pain or addiction, be like, no, 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 just get back to finishing that movie script. finish that album do that production and they're like no no i'm like no 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 just get back to that it'll be everything will fix itself and lo and behold i don't hear from them for two three four five years and then get another 911 call and they're like hey it's me i'm in trouble again can i come and see you i'm like okay but maybe we could just cut to the chase what are you doing You know, and some people have been able to be like, just finish your damn movie. Go on, get back. Stop. Get off the whatever. And and, um, but usually one session, I don't see them again for years because 
we can convince them, you know, in a very easy way of confrontation to say, do you want to end it now or do you want to get back to your real purpose? Um, and boom, they're back out the door. And I don't, again, I don't need to see them again because yeah. if they're creating it, it uses that energy. Yes. If you don't use the energy, then it uses you. So I got to study that in college with, you know, like it was another dorm over was the football team. And every season where they had a weekend where they weren't playing that weekend, they would be getting arrested, thrown in jail, throwing furniture because they weren't playing the game, you know. Totally. And it was like, but if they just had eight games straight in a row, they were perfect, you know. Mm. Very little trouble. But the weekend they had off, man, all heck would break loose. So, you know, it's there's many ways to look at it. Highly creative people are the same way. If they're not using that energy, it'll use them and they can move into dark places with it. So, yeah. Uh, so for me, the creatives are fascinating. I love, um, you know, I'll constantly when I'm teaching and working, there's always singers and performers and writers around me in the midst of everything we're doing. I'm having them sing and having them read the writing, having them express themselves, which then helps the whole atmosphere of people who are too afraid to express. But then you have this singer or this artist or this guitar player or this writer who knows if I don't, this is something I'm gifted at and, oh, i am got something here in my back pocket, you know, and so for me, that's the way I bake the cake and weave it all together is always using the creative expression in the midst of teaching breath work, teaching healing, teaching all the stuff that we do. Mm. So. Well, you know, Deb, I, I definitely want to get you back on the show um, because we could talk for hours and I actually really want to talk for hours because it's, there's, there's a lot more I would like to learn without, without having to pay you, mate. So this is, uh, this is pretty good, <laughs> but um, I just want to express my deepest gratitude to you, mate. You know, I love my partner very much and um, for, for her to come back and, you know, and she, obviously she does an incredible job of just being who she is, but to feel like she can be herself and then grow now um, is, is amazing, mate. And she's taught me so much about how I can do the same, you know? So I really, really just want to thank you for the, um, the, um, incredible things you've done for us. And I've not even come and done a session. So I'm very keen to, um, in the not too distant future. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it online just as easy as in person. So, uh, but my wife is, uh, one of these days we have a honeymoon that got delayed because of our daughter's arrival but she went, is supposed to be in Bali and she wants to come back through um, the edge of some, some place, hit some places in Australia yeah. or Byron Bay. Or, and then I have a lot of people, um, I don't know, all the different cities, Sydney. And, you know, so if we ever get started in Australia, we may be there for a long time. Is what I guess. Yeah. 
That'd be great. Yeah. I, well, we're down in Melbourne. So I was born and raised in Melbourne. So um, yeah. if you ever come down this way, if you go up to Byron, we'll, um, we can drive up and we can play the didgeridoo and yeah, um, yeah that'd be good fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Good. Well, Hey, look forward to uh, more connections in the future and it's good yeah. for you to let me talk, I guess. Um, oh, I loved it. I was just sitting here and, and, and learning. It was awesome. Dave, have you got anything coming up or um, anything that you want to plug right now? I, you know, not really, because with the whole coronavirus, I just finished uh, uh, one of the classes I typically do in Joshua Tree every summer solstice, um, but I just did, bumped it a little earlier, and we did it online uh, with a, way too many people uh, mm. this last weekend, so I'm still kind of clearing my head from that, but... Uh, but right now it's kind of like I'm, I'm working on another book and okay. hoping that, you know, if things get cleared up, I can get back to teaching some things in person in the fall or late summer here. Um, so we'll just kind of see how that unfolds. And, uh, you know, but other than that, I'm hoping to take the next month, month and a half and do some writing. Mm. So. Yeah, brilliant. It's such a good time to write. I'm, I'm doing the same kind of thing and uh, yeah, lots of time to let it let it flow and, and everything. Well, Dave, again, thank yeah. you so much for the show, mate. Um, as I said, won't be the last time and uh, yeah. All right, Tom. Well, I enjoyed it and uh, say hi to Siobhan. Absolutely. Peace, everybody. Bye.